0: The last one standing Two hands
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider My name is Ben And I'm Chris And thank you for joining us We have another special guest He keeps popping up like wildfire Like the bushfires of northern New South Wales last year Swiz, how are ya?
0: Oh, I'm good, boys. I don't have if I'm classified as a special guest anymore because I seem to, like, he's just stay around all the time now. But it's actually more like You might smell. have to be a part-time person,
1: but <laughs> you're, you're part of the furniture. But do not ask us for superannuation or anything like that, Swizz. We're not at that level yet, mate.
0: Do you
2: know? Do you know what time it is? It's my favorite time uh, of the year. Do you know why?
1: Yes, it's our intro where we
2: talk about
1: our socials. SC Insider One Hundred. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. And all our audio platforms as well. Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all those other things. The YouTube also search for a Super coach Insider. And that was a lovely little Wayne you are not, <laughs> You are not starting
2: this talking about Josh fucking Kelly. No, I was not going to start. Bullshit. Thank you for bringing him up. Bullshit. <laughs> You've been talking it up. I was just saying it's not wedding season, but it's the next best thing to wedding season. Upgrade season. It's, it's upgrade season. It's upgrade season. It's
1: upgrade season. <laughs> okay. Wow, so, I just shot myself in the foot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you did, yeah, you did. Thank you very much for that. No, it was good. I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> and uh, we are on the old uh, Mountain Goats, the hazy pale owl this, this evening. Yes, we are. Um, not a bad little brew, if you don't mind saying myself. Now, uh,
1: Mountain Goat, I, we, we quite like the very enjoyable beer from Mountain Goats, and I like hazies. Now, Mountain Goat. Have a hazy pal. I did not realise it's only fifty four dollars for a carton. So happy days! You know we like a bargain. We do, we do.
2: Are you on the uh, the beers tonight as well, Suzy? Or uh,
0: unfortunately, because of my job, I, I try not to drink unless I've got a couple of days off. So I'll leave that for Friday night celebration uh, for the footy. But I should crack one open for you guys because happy birthday to both hey. of you! Hey. hey, thank you very hey much, man. Oh, very
2: nicely done there, my. So, Yes, we did have a uh, eventful week. Well, I had an eventful weekend. Not having not having kids uh, helps me out <laughs> that
1: way. Hey, not having Josh Kelly also helps me out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, usually you pay double for that kind of action. Um, yes. So no, I uh, I had a nice little Saturday afternoon at a at a brewery in Brisbane called Range Brewing. Arguably the best brewery in Brisbane, if you don't mind me saying. How is their range? Uh, it, the, the range is fantastic. So many IPAs. It's all the IPAs. All of the IPAs. Uh, and then we went to a, uh, a nice little house party. Then we went out to uh, a place called Fridays, and then Prohibition. It was it was fantastic. Well, either
1: way, there'd be more IPAs than there is IPL for the cricket lovers out there. It's been
0: shut down. Oh, I
2: did not know that. Unlucky.
1: Shut down like Bondi <laughs> Pelly this week. <laughs>
0: Although well, for those cricket lovers, we're still going down here. We actually play winter cricket down here in Victoria, so uh, you can make what you want of that. But I'm sure we might have a few more jumped on now that the uh, IPL's gone gone to shit. So, but uh, just just why on why that, mate, do
2: you actually have like you know, got enough time to set up a little brazier, you know, get a fire going because you know you're just sitting out there all day and they're freezing cold. Is that is that pretty much how it works?
0: We had twenty two degrees and sun on the weekend of that. We thought we were Queensland for a moment. Oh, he's not
1: a he's not a <laughs> Melbourne supporter, Chris. He doesn't just rock up with a three course cheese platter. <laughs> he's
2: got a cheese platter on the side <laughs> with his Yeah, he's like he gets yeah. his marshmallows as well. Yeah, boys, Get I'm, I'm boys cooking.
1: boys, I'm second drop, so I'm just gonna slather myself a bit of meat over here and <laughs> Well that sounded <laughs> a, a bit sus. Maybe phrasing for the uh, archer Fre- out phrasing. there. Freezing. Phrasing. Do you want ants? Um, All right. Let's go into the structure for today. Long enough. You've been waiting long enough. We have. It's a big week. People want to know, should they bring in Stephen May? Should they you know, get rid of Tex Walker? All these questions, who to go to. That is what we're looking at today. And so let's look at our structure. We're looking at strategies. So we're going to talk about buy strategies, what we're doing, what you should look at, what sort of positions you need, and making sure you have yourself well set up going into the buys. The next one is we're going to be looking at the fallen premium. Uh, sorry, uh, the cash cows, also known as the uh, high more special.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, honorable Ooh.
1: mentions to Highmore more each and every week that is not named and costing us cash. Then we'll go into your fallen premiums and your ubers and things. So people who we should be looking at right now, there's not many, and those who we should have our eyes on in the future, which is quite plentiful. So that is basically our structure for today. And then captains, as always, Swizz reminds us of.
2: Yes, thank you. Yeah, it wasn't for Swizz, we would just a- avoid it at all costs. Swizz brings us
1: structure and he brings us a nice level head with some really good critiquing. So, <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about buy structures and strategies at the moment. Swizz, where do you stand on, is there a right amount of uh, premiums to have going into buys and are there some rookies you want to kind of hold to carry through a bit more?
0: It's not for me about the amount of uh, premiums that I could have because – Players like Walker and, and CJ, and that was, and even MP and Zeeble, It's hard to tell if they actually will be premiums or not. We're gathering they will be. So if we count them, um, you know, you could be looking at sort of having sort of that seventeen, eighteen mark leading in. Um, I guess it comes down to what you dub as a premium. Um, but it's. I think it's about not having too many in each line. We know the round 14 situation with Gorn and Grundy were already out too. And depending on how many rookies you're going to have available, it's going to uh, make that more difficult to get through that round, depending on how many you have in other rounds and how many trades you're willing to use for rounds 12 and 13. Impy
1: has to be a keeper because I got rid of Josh Kelly, so
2: <laughs> you can't yeah. you can't be doing that. When a forward line guy that was like 200K is out averaging your superstar premium who yeah. just moved back to the wing, you know, I mean, anything can happen, you
1: know. And take what we say with a grain <laughs> of salt because I'm probably going to recommend that I'm bringing in uh, Tom Mitchell soon for the same price <laughs> as Josh Kelly. So, look, take it, make of it as you will. Um, I do agree. I think... Yeah, you want to kind of make sure your premiums are fairly well mixed out. That's I brought in steel last week for that reason because even though I have quite a few on that last buy in other areas, I don't have many in that midfield mix for that last buy. So I think it's about balance. Try not to have too many from the same buy round because when you have a look, you know you have all the dogs, you have the lions. So there's so many people, particularly in midfield in that second buy round. Walsh, Cripps, for those who are unfortunate enough to still be stuck with him. So just try and look at the lines that you have and make sure you have a pretty good balance, I think.
0: Uh I think, yeah, I think. Yeah, you go, mate. Sorry, Chris, I was going hey. to go through. I was just going to say, um, because you're only playing that best twenty-two, uh, the best eighteen that week. Um, I think a few people get cut up, uh, look at it, and go "Okay, I've got eighteen players, no problems." But if you've got six defenders all missing in the same week, for example, well, that's going to be useless for you because you're not going to be able to bring any rookies on. Uh, so definitely have a look at your line break up, breakdown, not just how many players you might have available that week.
2: Yeah, and it also um, comes into play then, okay, so what rookies do you have to try and replace them? So if you've got Sharp and Highmore in, in your defence like I do, well, it doesn't matter. You're and zeros regardless of what happens there. Mm-hmm. So, um, look, I, I think that you, you sort of also got to, whilst you've got to earn sort of caution, you've kind of got to plan around having guys like um, Impey and Zeeble as keepers and guys that are going to carry you through. Now, unfortunately, they actually have the first buy, but um, that will actually suit because...
1: I don't think that's a bad thing at no, all, no, having some in that first buy.
2: Yeah, well, because they're going to be able to carry you through for the rest of the buy rounds, which is good. I think more, more what we're looking at now is, okay, your team is the way it is. Let's just throw everything out at the moment and work on who you're bringing into your teams to complement those. The, the, what your current buy structure is. So very important to have a look, count up the amount that you have coming into your team and what you have currently um with rookies it's a little bit harder to tell because you some of those rookies may not be in your team by the buy rounds um but you may want to hold on to some guys such as warner such as golden who have the later buyers to try and uh, trade them out at that point um which would be an ideal scenario so keeping someone like a warner uh, or a golden um if as long as they're playing you what know, well, What tends to happen sometimes, unfortunately, is that we get to those buyers. We've held these guys for a little bit too long and then they don't get named over the buy rounds (laughs) and then we just get screwed. Um, Look, that is what it is. You can't really control that. But, um, yeah, it's it's very important to try and take that into consideration. So I think at this point now, when you're looking at trying to pick guys to come into your side, try and get guys to try and balance your teams or – to go to the back end of your of your buys if you can, so um, don't yeah. You, I, I wouldn't say not to trade in guys in the, with the round one, um, with the round twelve buy, but I would say if you've got the different chance to trade in around fourteen versus around twelve, and you're you're light on in round fourteen, I would definitely be trading for round fourteen.
1: Yeah, because ideally coming into that first buy, you should be trying to free up some cash anyway, yeah. and making moves after the you know targeting people after the first buy. Uh, For me as well, also on strategy, try and maximize cash. It is, as Chris said, upgrade season. You want to try and free up cash to make upgrades. Now, there is no real point unless your rookie situation is so dire, you shouldn't be sideways trading a rookie at this point. That's why you had early on options to try and sideways trade two rookies. Unless you have zero cash and you have zero options, that's the only way or to avoid a donut. Otherwise, you want to be downgrading someone who has money so you can then use that money to better your team on field. If you're just sideways a rookie, you're not making cash. You still have to wait for them to play four or five rounds to make you cash, and it's just a bad cycle.
2: Yeah, and I think that well, there's
0: – yeah, you go, you go, Spice. I was going to say, to give the guys, people out there, to get some sort of uh, benchmark of premiums and rookies, Well, how many premiums and, and how much cash are you guys sort of carrying at the moment? And, uh, and and why you're trying to work that out? I'm, I already um, know off the
2: top of my head. So, <laughs> yeah, you're, Chris, where are you at? Ah, uh, so it depends on what you classify as a premium. But if you classified Toronto as a premium, I'm running 17 premiums at the moment with um with no cash. I have 13k in the bank. Um, and so for me this week, that th- this is where I suppose there comes the next strategy is okay. Am I maximizing cash, or am I trying to go one down, one up? Now, unfortunately. One down, one up's not really going to work unless I wanted to clear my bank and or get out someone like a Powell and a Golden, which I don't I really don't want to do. Um, so I'm probably going to be double downgrading this week to try and build my bank so that I can get that upgrade cadence happening. But because I've already got 17, I'm probably one premium ahead of most people, at least, I think. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm on 16, um, 30K, so... Um, yeah, I'm on one, I'm one less than Chris, but I've also got, um, those rookies that I held with the extra rookie that I have, um, I'm making more bank.
2: Yeah. So hopefully and I'll catch. A, this is obviously me considering that Zeeble and MP are keepers. Um, and Same. I think you're saying as well, Tex at the moment. Yes. At
1: well, the, he is a premium based on his numbers.
2: Well, right now he is. Yes. Uh, let's <laughs> see how he goes this week. And then you might have a different conversation next week. Um, what about you, Swiz? Yeah, I'm
0: 16 if you include Taranto, but I've got 467K in the bank. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So,
2: yeah, So uh, you would be served doing one down, one up this week. Because and, probably, that
1: makes, and probably next week you could do the same thing. Oh,
2: absolutely, yeah. I mean, in an ideal scenario, from now until the end of upgrade season, which is the buys, you would literally be doing one down, one up to try and complete your team. Or
1: double down, one up, yeah, depending or if you need buys, cash.
2: Yeah,
0: well, that, that sort of mines probably the one down, one up this week to go the – Double up next week to get me to that nineteen premium mark and yep. head towards those buys with you know nineteen premiums.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that there is also another consideration that that um, we are being currently somewhat blessed um, hashtag blessed. I, I might even say with a plethora, 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 plethora. Hashtag, Sorry, blessed. hashtag blessed hashtag <laughs> blessed plethora of rookies. Not only on the bubble this week but also on the bubble next week. I, I count, there's, there's five guys on the bubble this week and there is seven guys that could potentially be on the bubble next week. Um, so it is definitely a time to grab cash when you can. It may mean that if you're in a position like me where you've got zero cash, it might be a better scenario this week to double down so that you can start your upgrade cadence next week. Or if you're in a position like Swish where you've got cash in bank, you'd probably be better served waiting a week um, and going one down, one up this week and, and then or potentially even double up depending on your individual situation um, and what you want to bring in. I think, guys, that we, this is probably a good time to go into the rookies, but is there any rookies that you'd say are absolutely must have based on their performance so far? We'll go with you, Swiss.
0: Well, I was at the game last week and I watched RCD finally make his debut. Um, and yeah, you know, I was wrapped to see how he played. To that, he got, he got some midfield time. They they put him up against a couple of good players and that. Like so, you know, obviously that Bulldogs midfield is you know on drugs when you when you compare them to other other mids with Bonton, Chalor, and Libera and that. And and he held his own, liked the tackle, which is fantastic. So his tackling was
2: very impressive. I have to say, right off the bat, his work inside and his tackling was absolutely elite, which is one of the reasons why I'm hot in him. But yeah, keep going, Swiss. Yeah, well,
0: it's one of those things. I'm big on, yeah, as you said, the tackling and, and just his size. You know, they held off a couple of years before playing him. So he was ready to go. Um, and with all the injuries that Richmond have got at the moment, you know, Cotchen's just gone down for another three, four-week hammy, um, which sometimes linger on with, with his history. uh, Prestia, Lambert. Um, There's no guarantee he'll be back this week. I think he should be, but just with the the extra injuries, I think he's got some good job security at the moment, Um, even over a couple of other guys, senior guys like Ross, who are playing in in horrible form. Um, So he's one that I'm confident of going early on because, yeah, it just looks more ready-made than other rookies that uh, we've had recently.
2: I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, I also like the observation of Jack Ross, I, don't get me wrong, he has played decent football in his time at Richmond, but he's a VFL player. He's, I don't think he's anywhere near their top 22. He
1: needs to get more angry. He needs to become Red Ross.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I was really disappointed with his performance over the last couple of weeks, specifically this week. And I would say that based on, I mean, it's a one game sample size it's very short. I reckon he's above Jack Ross moving forward. So, um, to me, I think he's got a guaranteed two to two to three weeks, um, potentially more, potentially four weeks.
1: Chris, that just reminded me of like fun with Dick and Jane, sp- sp- specific. <laughs> 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 so, so, how are your st- statistics?
0: Um, yes, uh, I, would say, I would say at least three weeks, As Preston is three, Lambert's three, and Cochran's four. So, we've um three of our main midfielders out for at least three weeks. And that, I think unless he's completely, you know, shit the bed, um, I think he's got a role there for those for that time period. You, you know what this actually reminds me of? Um, it,
2: it reminds me of what happened with Sydney Stack when he debuted and I didn't get on. Mm. And I feel like the other thing that Hardwood likes doing is he likes to give them a run. Like if they're performing, he's not just going to drop them for no reason, right? Now, he's obviously in the team because of injury and they're, they're been hit a little bit through that midfield and he's getting that role through. But do you think that there's the opportunity that even when those midfielders come back, they just find another role for him?
0: Absolutely. And we've got, you know, history in the, the players we've won. Townsend came in that year in 2017 um, when we were sort of restructuring our forward line and then ended up being, become a premiership player. Stack, um, you know, Higgins spent uh, yeah. many weeks in, in the side, side and it's, yeah, Dimmer's happy to back in the young fellows. We look at Marlon Pickett, and that comes in. Yeah, right. and even though he had that injury, he came in late and and ends up being a premiership player. So Dimmer's happy to back in the young fellows if the uh, especially if some of those guys who are in and out of the VFL aren't performing.
1: If only the coaches could get together, and if he yeah, Dimmer could talk to a certain St Kilda coach, it would be nice. <laughs> Talking about backing in young players. Um. Okay. So Raleigh, Collier Dawkins RCD. Break even of already negative 25. Uh, someone you could definitely play on field based on his first week. Predicted to go up 117,000 over his first two weeks. Obviously, not this week. You can hold off a week. But again, if you want to free up that cash and you don't have the money to upgrade, possibly go early on that and do a double downgrade to free up some cash and make some moves next
2: week. All right, guys. So of, of the five, there's this five rookies on the bubble. I'll just quickly go through them now. We've got, um, we've got Frederick, obviously, is, is arguably the big one. Negative 88 break even. Um we've got Murray as well he's a 102k defender he's got a break even of negative 39 we've got Nathan Murphy he's a 123k defender So all these defenders coming oh. out of of the of Wrong the Murphy. of the mix um, he's around there somewhere where is Nathan Murphy uh,
1: he's looking for Eddie wherever he's gone Eddie <laughs> there he is Eddie 19.
2: i uh, want to he's talk to you <laughs> break even negative 28 123k You've obviously got Phil Thorpe there as well. He's got a break-even of negative 25, I believe, at 202K. And then you've also got Mark Keane, who's still the round there. He's about 158K at uh, a defender as well uh, with a break-even of negative 13. So um, four defenders and a forward ruck. Obviously, it's a simple that decision.
1: Yeah, it's a simple decision. Chapman's out um, most likely for this week. So Frederick is in. Uh, again, I was at the game at the Gabba. So Frederick I thought was quite impressive. Extremely good speed on him as well. And uh, he actually chased Charlie um, Cameron on one and kept matching him with speed. So Charlie Cameron had to run boundary side and still kick the goal because it's Charlie Cameron. But Classic. Frederick was definitely good. And even off the play, he makes some good decisions, try to position himself well. He's very fit and he's lightning quick as well. Um, now, the issue is some people think, oh, job security is not great. Jones probably back in two to three, and that's from his injury. So let's just, you know, take a, a note. They like to try and play some players, you know, Rockcliffe and all these other guys playing through the sandfall, give him a game or two, just load them up instead of throwing them straight in back into AFL footy. I think they have their eye on the bigger prize of finals this year. So I can see them even playing him for a round or so, half a game or, or three quarters or whatever in the sandfall, and then bring him in. And Frederick's going to make you 125K over two weeks predicted, so I don't see the negative. Even if he plays two weeks, 125K, move on. I don't see a bad situation here.
2: I mean, look, the sooner I can get him to Whitfield, the better, right? Is that pretty much where we're at? Yeah, pretty much. Um, or
1: Cozy I can, you know.
2: <laughs> Yeah. Well, look, I th- the other thing consideration is there's also Bergman in that team. There's also, I mean, look, who's in front? Bergman actually had a very good week this week, so I, I wouldn't say that... Last week, I, I made the comment that I thought Frederick had gone past him. And based on last week's game, that was true. And then they came out this week, and he actually played a lot better. So uh, it's a, probably a coin toss at the moment as to you know who's... Uh,
1: Burton also got injured again. Yep, Ryan so, Burton's down yep. again. I don't know how long for, but again, his body is made of paper mache
2: That's true. Well,
0: in regards to both of them, like I, I went Frederick last week after... Everyone's advice was told me to go get Ridley and I'm happy that, you know, I lost 13 points, but say if that's how I've got all that money um, that I was going to use to go up to that premium. But in regards to Port's draw, uh, they've got the buy in four weeks. So if you're thinking Burton and Jones are both listed three to four weeks, I believe, um, and their buys in round 12. So even if those boys have, they might have the fanful game that week that they can have a run I think Frederick's going to be good enough to take you through rounds 8, 9, 10, and 11. No, only no, um, that they,
1: Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, Collingwood, Fremantle, the next four. Yeah. So three out of those four, I think, are quite um, decent for them.
0: And he plays those four games. He's going to make you know, at least 150k during that period. And then, they'll, you know, depending on his form, they might look at bringing back Jones or, and then obviously Burton. But um, at least you've, I think you've, you'd be confident you're going to get a month out of him.
2: Yeah, and that's that's all you need because I mean, let's say that we anticipate that Liam Jones is the oh sorry, Lockie Jones is the is the is the guy that we huh. want there as as D seven.
1: Liam Jones, what an insult to
2: Lockie! Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: um,
2: which I, I actually honestly believe, like if I was to say right now, okay, I, I want a defender that I think is going to play every week as long as he's not injured um, as a rookie, I'd probably say Lockie Jones is that one, right? So let's let's say. He comes in the round after the bye. That's perfect. That's a great downgrade for Frederick because then you go straight to Jones. Um, and then hopefully, he, Lockie could potentially play out the rest of the season. Um, I'm not saying that that's a, a you know, guaranteed to happen. I just think that he's got the body and the ability to be able to make that um, and the pedigree. So You're talking about the pedigree is in his hair? Yes, exactly – but you, you're going to want to bring in – at that point, you're going to want to bring in rookies that you think are going to have really, really good job security, not necessarily that are going to be, you know, the best instant money makers, the, the best that are going to have long-term job security so that you're not caught with donuts on your pine for when you do need someone. For when like. Luke
1: Ryan decides to get calf tightness again.
2: Exactly right.
1: Exactly. What the hell? How, how, he, how can you be a test on a Saturday morning <laughs> – be ruled out for Sunday and then still be ruled out the following week with calf stiffness.
2: I actually, this is legit. I think we found out is two he, minutes before recording the pod. Is he Daniel Hanabry? <laughs> he just gives me the finger straight up. It's fucking hilarious. Um, what the fuck? So are we all? We all? We all getting? Are you already have Frederick Swis? Yeah, no, I do. Yeah. So, and I'm definitely going this yep, week. Yeah, I'm going this week. I think he'll arguably be the most would, traded. Would player. you go
1: high more to Frederick like some other social Oof.
2: influences? No. I would never do that. in a, in a no. There's no there's no benefit to that, especially like okay, so Highmore we here's what we know. Highmore is performing at the in the VFL. So he's had two weeks in a row of absolute stellar performances. This week he had a best on ground performance I think he had 30 touches yep. and like 12 marks eight intercept marks or something stupid like he was it was a ridiculous. lot I'm right.
1: just hoping Heimel plays two games gets me a hundred thousand so I can F him off
2: right that's my that's, that's my hope yeah. that's my dream that's really all you need though
1: yeah like, two, two games the, 100k the,
0: the better option there for Frederick so if you don't have Chapman and you don't have Chapman down the Frederick, that, but you've got one of those midfield rookies that you want to get rid of or even row in the forward line. That Use Laird to swing into the midfield for now and bring Frederick through that way and get rid of one of the other rookies that are unperform- not performing but have yeah. made you at least 100K. Yep. Absolutely. I was thinking the exact same.
2: A, a Berry or similar. or a- yeah. Uh, even a uh, probably not a McNeil if you can avoid. I think a lot, of people
1: have, a lot of people have led, and I think that is another great option. If you are someone who went early on Jones and you don't want to kind of trade him because you brought him in early, then you put him on the pine, get led into that midfield, play Frederick for a few weeks, wait for him to make his money, reverse the switch back later on, and happy days.
2: Am I right in saying that we're completely comfortable at the moment with Frederick's on-field scoring ability? Yep, on-field. Yes. And so he's, he's arguably better than all of the forward rookies, and probably most of the midfield rookies, right, outside of Powell. Yep. he's right on now. he's on yep.
1: field for me, except for the – he's on field over Cozzy, except that Cozzy's playing for Luke Ryan this week again. <laughs> you're
2: such so <strong>. a <laughs> – I'm so thing. dirty. I just love oh, you. you. I could have – Why do you go these left-field injured selections every single year I and had, then they fuck you over again and you're like, you know what, I'm going Luke Ryan again this year, boys. I had
1: Callum Mills there <laughs> – but he got knocked out, and I had this stupid rule like don't bring in knocked out players. <laughs> so I bring in an injured. Anyway, oh my
3: god! And
0: Ben said, "Have a look at their like their fixture coming up, and that was the especially the Crows, uh, uh, Collingwood and Freo. Um, I'm I'm very confident. Uh, Fredericks will score pretty well there. Um, you only had to look at the some of the points, especially the Pies at the moment are giving up. Um, so, I, I'm not worried about Frederick having a couple poor games like some of the other rookies
1: are having. All right. Last comment on Frederick. You
0: better lock it
2: up. Lock it up, <laughs> lock it up. Lock it up. Um, all right. Moving on to that. So, that we've got three other defender rookies on the bubble this week. Do we do we put any anything into any of them? So, we've got no. Murray at 102K. We've got Stuff Murphy at 123K. Murphy, maybe
1: maybe Murphy the only one. Otherwise, I think, nah, uh, apart from Frederick... You're not double downgrading a defender, surely? Maybe,
3: no, I mean Murphy. Look,
2: you could talk about, I guess. Structure-wise, again, a lot of guys have a lot of premiums. They don't really have many defenders that they're trying to you know go down to, so they might not have the opportunity to get in two defenders. I definitely don't. However, I'm sure there's people out there that possibly have, say, a Coszy and um, and a Chapman, and they may want to go double down. Right. So Murphy over Murray, though, surely?
0: Um, I don't mind Murray that much. I thought, it's it's hard to say, like, with the pies, like, I, I'm just a little gun shy because I think at some point that Bucks is going to crack it and start dropping some of these rookies, but at the same time, he needs to play them. But <laughs> Who's the he going to pros- drop
2: them for, the other rookies? Yeah, I know, that's the problem. <laughs> well, he- <laughs> He, he continues to want to play, but he, you know, John we're, Thomas and we're not playing the kids, lads. All right. I don't know yeah. if you heard. Next minute. We're six, not playing the kids. Next minute, <laughs> six
1: debuts. Uh, Nicholas Murray. Look, I'm sure Murray is a nice guy. I'm sure Murray is a darling.
2: <laughs> He's definitely <laughs> a darling. Murray darling. I get that. We got it. Yeah. Thanks. No, good, good one. <laughs> um, look, I actually don't mind Murray, um, but if it was me, I'd be choosing Murphy. Um, the only reason why his scoring has been so low he actually has proven the ability to get the pill. And he's arguably one of our better players at doing that. He just seems to turn the ball over by foot way too much. And that's unfortunate when you're a defender. And he gave away a couple frees too, didn't he, against... Yeah, but um, I don't hate him. It's the 20K difference that actually matters to me. Like, that's the only reason why I would be going Murray over Murphy. Um, so if that 20K can actually help your team then that may be worth it. That's literally the only thing that I'm like to decide between the two. Yeah, right. Um, Yeah, outside of that, I wouldn't be choosing Keen. Um, First of all, I don't think he's any good. You're not very keen on Keen? I'm very unkeen. The one that I actually like is Thilthorpe. Now, I was big on him last week. Um, The unfortunate thing is his price, obviously, is 202 k and that is the only downside. Outside of that, Five goals in week one, kicks has 91. Backs up with zero goals in week two, but what did he score this week? He scored a 50, 55. 55 with zero goals as a key forward. Now, I don't know about you guys, but he kicks one goal, he's 75. So he actually has proven scoring ability even to score without kicking goals, which is something that not a lot of key forwards can actually attribute to. So to me, I don't think he's a terrible option if you needed someone... Now, the problem is who you go down from. Probably row. Are you making much money out of that? Probably not. Like, there's not really much gain from a row or someone... Or it might even be you know, a Scott if you're yep. really desperate um, or something like that.
1: Side note on a Thilthorpe. Um, Tex Walker also um, looking for those who are considering getting rid of him. I think if you have another rookie like Roe or Scott on field, they're just as likely to score your 20. So probably hold this week and upgrade if you can. Um, so he could be the reason they now have extra targets in that forward line. You have another big-bodied forward ruck, big, strong, young fellow. That's another target for people to kick to. So it's good for Adelaide because they're not as predictable, but also bad for Tex because Tex doesn't get every single kick coming forward. Well,
2: there's that. but We'll, we'll see. I'm not I'll, sure. I'll also, like, I'll couple that with saying that for the last three weeks, Tex has not looked as good. I, I'm talking about when the ball's coming into the forward line, when how far he's getting up the ground, um, him trying to compete for marks, and like he's now getting double teamed as well, which is 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 unlike what was happening in the first few weeks. Well,
1: sometimes you pay double for that kind of action. Right.
2: and if if you actually <laughs> look, you do. If, if you look at the <laughs> have entries, you have you asked? <laughs> if you look at and the way that Texas scored his goals, a lot of them are from center bounce. So the reason for that is he's got a one on one contest, right? And he's just going to kill them on the lead. Like he's he's absolutely like. Brilliant lead, brilliant one-on-one strength. The problem that I find with Tex moving forward is that they've worked him out now. (laughs) Um, So if he comes up with a bad game this week, yeah, you can probably chop that out to like Port Adelaide. But what happens if it's again the next week and then the next week?
1: Well, mind you, Port Adelaide absolutely let Danaher and uh, some of the other Lions forwards fly last week. Different for a showdown. I think Port Adelaide away, you can get on any forward against Port Adelaide it's away. At totally the
2: okay, but I just think that the, the I get what you're saying. I just think that first of all, his calf is an issue. Yes, agreed. And that's impacting his fitness, is impacting his ability to get the ball outside of the arc. And it then they're just double teaming inside the fifty when the ball's Yeah, and there's balls.
1: another forward target and he's injured ish. Right. Yeah. So
2: if they're not winning the center clearance, well, that, that is or they're not
1: winning games, which they, they won three out of their first four, which was big on his scoring.
2: Right. but um, So when's Sloan due back?
1: <laughs> Sloan could be the issue. Sloan so could be the is connector. this what I'm saying. Oh, this week, this hopefully. This a week.
2: huge issue with their midfield that I think that they need to be addressed. When Sloan comes back, I think it absolutely massively improves Tex in terms of his ability to score because they can get first possession out of the clearance. Maybe he just misses his biffle yeah, that's, I mean, sure. Maybe, but I just think it's an yeah, issue. Right. Look, just keep an eye on it. I, per, I don't have text, so I'm, I like it. He's not scoring well, but I just think that, um, right now I would be looking to move him on. If it's not this week, then I'd be moving him on next week. That's personally my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. If I don't
2: move him on this week, I'm moving him on next week. What about you, Swizz? What's your thoughts on, on Taylor Walker?
0: Uh, the, in my perfect world, I'd like to get him through to the buys. Um uh would make life a lot easier since he's got the round 14 bye. Um, it just depends on uh, his performance this week. Like, if he can, if he can get that sort of 75-80, then it's not a problem, and I'm happy to, to continue to hold him. If it looks like it's another, you know, low score and that, then, yeah, obviously I'll make the move.
1: Yeah, but Port Adelaide, West Coast, Melbourne, Richmond, Collingwood, Saints before their bye, and you would say... Melbourne, Richmond are going to be real difficult. West Coast could be okay next week. If there's no McGovern and stuff back, then he could be all right. So the next two weeks he could do okay. He could stabilize his price. If he scores 90, I think he'll only flatten out about 430, so only about another 25, maybe under what he is now. Uh, even that's if he gets 90s. Uh, Richmond, Melbourne and Richmond, Melbourne is, and Richmond is, are the big not ones, great. not great at all. Collingwood, St. Kilda, I think he has a lot better options to score well there. Yeah, but
2: you're not holding him four weeks, are you? Like if he goes poor this week and then he has a mediocre game against West Coast and then he goes drops a poor
0: score against Melbourne and then drops a score against right. yeah Pendleton. of course of yeah. course but as I said if it's if he goes sold enough this week and then it just becomes a week by week um, uh, look yeah, he's obviously
2: he's obviously also saved by the fact that the Fords are absolutely shit mm-hmm. yeah. and the the top ten I think the tenth averaging forward if you take out the injured Fords which is Dunkley and um uh, and Zach Butters. Um, I think the 10th is like 91.3 and it's like Tom McDonald or, or something similar. And it, like Tom McDonald is
0: moving back. Jack, Jack Darling, guaranteed. I think. Yeah. Oh, Jack, Jack Darling, Darling it is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, like w- w- that that's where it comes down to. It's like, okay, who am I going to anyway? Unless Jesse Hogan somehow go like he goes off again this week and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, maybe, but then that's a risk as well. Harry McKay's a risk. So for, to burn forwards, that straight... Yep. At the moment, is it really even worth it?
2: I, I completely agree with you. I think that there's a lot of issues um, right now in terms of the forward line, in terms of forward premiums. And it, it's it makes it hard to plan ahead. So it's like, okay, well, let, let's let's see what you've got right now. The, all, the forward rook is a shit. Now, in an ideal world, we'd fill up our forward line first if we could just because the forward options are so, uh, they're, yep. first of all, low-priced. But and also, they're not scoring
1: well, but then the forward premiums aren't doing well, so you're kind of like, eh. <laughs>
2: so from a strategy perspective, it's like, well, I can take a punt here, though, right? Surely, like, you can take a punt on someone like, and we'll probably go into this a little bit later, but a little bit like a, an Isaac Heaney, for example, that you know, we'll, um, we will touch on when we, we go into the premiums. But there is just a few more options that have opened up in the forward line that you can take a punt on because, what, we need to score 90 to be around the mark? You know, yep. That's that's really all you need, right?
1: I think that's fair. Um, let's round out the rookies for next week. We've already touched on Riley Collier Dawkins. So, again, he could make 117 predicted over the next couple of weeks. Uh, he's a decent price and obviously plays early this week for those who are interested. Um, next one as well, we're looking at Pultia. Puta, puta, puta. Pultier, yeah. Um,
2: so, I just want to quickly touch on him. Now, the reason why I like him is obviously mid forward at 117K. So, pretty much basement price. But his role, and I want to talk about the Collingwood rookies in their roles and what's happened happening at the pies. Now, unfortunately, Finlay McRae has been stuck forward. I'm pretty confident he he will be dropped this week. So I'm sorry for those out there who have Finlay McRae. So is, um, pretty sure he'll be dropped, and I think I think Henry will come in. So Henry kicked three goals, three in the twos, and had a, a close to best on grand performance. The other one that could also come in is Reef McInnes. He kicked the game-winning goal last week and, uh, by all reports, played very, very well. But Caleb Poulter was playing higher up the ground and getting a lot more disposals. And so he was uh, playing a, a wing and high half forward role as opposed to being stuck in the forward line in the pocket. Um, and not performing, unfortunately, McRae really should be around the ball, not Josh Thomas. If only but I hey, kept
1: Henry. If only I kept Henry. Everybody in the
2: three-one-three three, kick, <laughs> kick three goals. One was it three goals three? Yeah, I mean, I like where you went with it. Follow me. Um, so I actually like to look at Poulter. Now we'll get to. Have, I don't think he's one you go early on. I think RCD is clearly out like outstandingly the one you go early on. But that part of the reason why I want to go early on RCD is that I've got the option next week to get Poulter because I do think that his role is well is good enough and he's playing good enough to actually have a sustained run in the ones. Um, so just something to keep an eye on. Always, um, of course, 123k forward only. Always. <laughs> <Owies? Owies. laughs> I don't know. Oh. Now my my issue with him is that he's basically a uh, a, a carbon copy of uh, of Rowe in that he's a forward. Pocket player that kicked three goals and had like six, seven possessions and kicked 67. Like,
1: I don't know. I um, see his name and I think liar, liar.
0: Always,
1: Always,
3: what are you doing?
0: I'm kicking my ass. Do you mind? <laughs> I respect that. And, well, Chris, Always can't play them every week. So. No, exactly.
2: That's also true. Um, but he had some fucking great service. Like, Doherty hit him at lace out twice. Um, and look, he was good enough to convert. But, like, again, Small, uh, small forwards who need to kick goals to score well. I'm not interested. Um, he didn't. I think he only laid one tackle. Just uh, maybe don't quote me on that one. But um, right now, he would have to go very well next week for me to want to bring him in based on his role. Um, Edwards was okay. Burns similar. We've got Brian, who was the ruck for Essendon. Um, not. Sold on him yet? But I mean, one week's a long time in football. I probably need another week. And then we've also got Madden next week as well, who played at the Lions. Did you end up even noticing there was another there was a rookie out there called Madden? Madden. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> sounds sounds like you had no idea. No. Sounds um, like EA Sports. Yeah. Right. So um, so I think for me it's RCD one, uh, Polter two, um. Potentially Brian three, depending on if Flynn plays, because there might be a, an opportunity to get a basement price rookie there, um, and then Owees. Um, so depending on what he obviously scores next, Owees. Sorry, okay, stop. So, um, did you notice anything else outs from these rookies, Swizz?
0: No, nah, I, I unfortunately missed the Commonwealth Games well. was playing cricket, so uh, missed that. But the uh, but I think you're right on the money with the other three.
2: Yeah. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well. That, um, that gets us past the rookies. And now you can. So I think from that, you should be able to determine that there's, there, there might be three rookies that you want out of the next two weeks. So it may, you know, obviously. If you don't have cash now, double downgrade and then right. upgrade next week. So that's why it's an option to double down because there's so many. Obviously, in a Swiss situation where you've got that much cash, you, you need to kind of spend that cash and get those guys, those premiums working for your team. Um, But if you have no cash, like a lot of people don't at the moment, definitely either double downing this week or next week could be the option. The reason we say this week is probably because there is quite a few fallen options that are going to become available in the next few weeks. Um, And that's going to be what we're going to try and focus
0: on now. Um, So, Swiss, tell us Look at that Chris, I'm going to double down. You get to keep the money you you have left
2: over right? <laughs> yeah, sure. If that's only, the, if only. I I wish. Yeah, it's really going to serve your team real well. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you win the 200 the, the 50k mate. You just you, you you have 50k in the bank at the end of the season, you win the 50k. That's that's how it works, right? Well,
0: Sounds
1: right to me. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the fallen premiums. Those who, if you are looking to upgrade this week, are good options to go. We're going to start with the notoriously spoken about Stephen May, 408K. He has a lovely break even of five. So he's predicted to go up about 40K this week, 20K next week, and stabilize. Now, obviously, this is bumped up by the fact he scored a one 45 this week. Great
2: for my draft team. Thank you very much. Boys.
1: Against North Melbourne. Um, obviously, North don't have the best forwards in town. So, Stephen May is going there. Now, the big thing for me is, apart from you know, his scoring, yes, he killed at the back end of last year. People are thinking he might do it this year. But does Tom McDonald going back into defence free up May to possibly intercept a bit more?
2: No. Well, I mean, obviously, the only reason that is is because Tomlinson was ruled out this uh, today for the season with an ACL. ACL. Um. So, I, I, I would hazard a guess, and this is a guess because right now we're making assumptions. Now that's the problem with this. With, with we're Stephen making May.
1: we're making inferences.
2: We are we're making inferences that Tom McDonald will play lockdown defender on uh, whoever like, like any Tomlinson big was
0: any big boy to free up May. Now May has and, proven and to the, do and that. the reason and the reason why we're thinking that. No, not to steal the thunder there, boys, yeah. but. Not only because it doesn't change their structure with Tomlinson, things that, but Wiedemann has been killing the second.
2: Now, having said that as well... They will have another force change because uh, it's like Fritch will get suspended for his He got off. He got off. off. Oh, you're kidding.
1: What what did he say? I put my arm up and he ran into my elbow. I put my
2: arm back and forth. I I put my arm back and forth. I
1: was thinking again, Van Water is like, if the glove don't fit, you're full of shit. (laughs) 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 That was his defense. How did he get off? He ran into me. It's like a collision. Wow. Wow. Okay. Did he also get off his fine? <laughs>
2: um, yeah, right. There you go. Well, that's good. That's good news. That's good news for Stephen May um, because th- I think then that's a straight swap. So, um, uh, Tomlinson for Wiedemann, I, I'm pretty confident that that will be the, the change and Tom McDonald will go back. However, again, we are definitely, it, we don't know that information um, at this point. Uh, you know, teams on the Thursday would be nice boys, wouldn't it?
1: Oh, hopefully, any minute, um, any minute now. Waiting wait for that news.
0: But For those for those people who follow me on Twitter, I've been on a war path with the AFL this week and a few <laughs> nuffies out there who have been wanting to argue me about this. Don't so feed the trolls. 13,000 people who uh, voted on that AFL poll, 94% of normal people voted we want <laughs> Thursday night teams and the AFL came out today and said we will be bringing back Thursday night teams. Now, when they implement that, we'll wait and see, but... We have Thursday night teams coming back.
1: Where, uh, where can people find you on the line there, Swizz?
0: I'm at Swizz26, or a few people see me on Facebook at Dave Swizz, but, yeah, Twitter in particular at, uh, yeah, Swizz26. I'm the guy eating the crocodile. Nice.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> have you actually eaten a crocodile
2: though?
0: Well, I actually have, but not not obviously, you know. Tastes, like, tastes like
1: chicken. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so look, I, I think that uh, just yeah, I think D- Wiederman does come back. I think that that's a, a no-brainer um, change for them. Um, just uh, just on the changes, I actually didn't. I, I was I actually mentioned this to Swizz. I actually didn't don't really hate the whole Thursday night teams thing, and the reason is I just I just find that this year it's actually made a larger skill gap in Supercoach and probably other other fantasy codes as well, but. Um, you know, um, there's a reason why I'm in the top thousand. And just <laughs> <laughs> well, it could just be the whole a whole lot of nuffies just gave up because they just didn't like that there wasn't any Thursday night teams. So. No, not not not
1: only that, but I think the community, those who have a decent community of um, followers and people that they they talk to, because I've been finding a lot more about. VFL namings and who's named you know, like getting that information yeah, it's for, through other it's, sources.
2: It's forcing you to actually do more research. This is what I'm saying. The people that are actually interested in invested, they're still getting the information that they need. Yep. Before the round starts. A lot of people aren't. So Therefore, it, it's a the guys that actually put the more effort in. You know, I'm yeah, and and probably a lot of those people who are listening to effort. our podcast.
1: Chris, you follow my coattail all
2: year yeah. round. Oh, <laughs> I tell you what, I didn't follow you on Josh Kelly, mate.
0: Oh <laughs> How yeah.
2: are you? Stop hey, my head when I'm a What a great friend. What do you mean what? <laughs> John, this is completely <laughs> against the rules.
0: Ben, apparently, messaging us all day Thursday counts as effort. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, that's that's
2: that's my effort. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, look, I, do, here's the well, thing. You know, do we think that Stephen May will be top six? And if, if well, not, no does it matter no. if he's not? Well,
0: um, the first thing about that whole top six thing, I've had a couple of people argue with me this today, is it's not about if he what he averages for the season, it's what he averages from now. So let's make that clear for those people who are arguing me, saying, well, he's never been top six um, at the... Uh, for a year, what I don't care about the year. It's let's focus. Can he go top six from now? I agree with you. That's 100%
2: a consideration. Anytime you trade anyone in, and it would be, the, I know there are people such as Pistol from Dr. Supercoach who actually do have a separate spreadsheet where they track what that player that they brought in averaged from the time that they brought them in to the time that the, at the end of the season or when they trade them out. Now,
1: well, I could tell you Josh Kelly averaged bug raw before <laughs> I trade him out. I don't need no
2: spreadsheet for that. Break that down. Um, right. So, so what I mean by that is, okay, so you've got really what we need. And I really hope that super coach implement this is you, you need an average for your position on the field. So what is your D one yeah, average? Do. What is your D two? No, 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 not the names of the players, your positions. So what's your D, D1 average for the season? What's your D6 average for the season? Does that make sense?
1: But you can say even here, Z-ball, and then if you look... No, no, no. no, no on your team. Okay, right. So your you
2: position itself, your your D6, what has that average for your season? So your rookie average okay, right. plus your premium average or your anyway, price or average or whatever it may be. That sounds
1: great for another
0: podcast.
2: I know. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just saying that, that, that well, it's a consideration. Is It's not... About now, it's about what the next 10 yeah. rounds or 11 rounds Well,
0: fan footy does have that information. If you look through a player, you can actually track what they've gone at different uh, at different times. So I'm looking at Stephen May last year, and when I brought him in, he went 111 for the rest of the season. So he was fantastic for me because that was obviously one of the highest averaging defenders. Now, like a lot of people are hoping he's going to do the same. Now, do you think he, he can do that, Chris?
2: No, I can't, No um but the main reason is there's there's this i i do think that he's not necessarily a bad pick because i think he's a value pick regardless right the thing is I, I i like it's what you have right now versus what you can bring in okay so i don't necessarily think so being top 6 is nothing to me it means literally nothing because i only have one spot in my defense right so it's not about is he a top 6 for me it's is he the best option remaining and he's not and I think, personally, I think by a long shot, because I think that Whitfield arguably will average 110 to 115 for the rest of the season.
1: Especially in defense. Like, I've got, I'm literally looking at Whitfield. I'm looking at Mills, Bows, like much better than my... I don't have Stewart. Like, well, he's
2: averaging 110 right now.
1: Everyone's much better than Luke Ryan this week. <laughs> that's
2: that's all true. So do I think he can personally average somewhere between 95 to 100 for the rest of the season. And that's serviceable for four hundred and eight k. Absolute there's, value.
1: There's no real decent forwards at four hundred k. And if you need a defender and you're someone that has only three or four premiums, then sure, I think that's a yeah. great investment to lock it up. Ooh, and I missed an opportunity there. Yeah, you um, did. But
2: <laughs> I, I just I think he's probably ten to fifteen points off being the best available person. I don't have, and that I suppose that's the difference. So if if you're in a position where you already have the best five, or you you got close to it, or you just don't rate Whitfield for whatever reason. Or you've only got four premiums in the defence, and you need two more. Then I think May's a fantastic selection, and it. Or the other option is you could look at maybe having May there, and potentially having as a um, as a loophole option later in the season. So you bring him in now over the buys, you get another person in, and then you can look to loophole one of your one of your guys because he's at that price where it's just it's it's almost too good to pass up. What are your thoughts on that, mate?
0: Which made me?
2: Yes, you. Yeah, no, nah, fuck Ben. Oh. No, he wouldn't say that to me. <laughs> yeah, not, he so. he, he
0: uh, ain't my mate. <laughs> <laughs> I um like Stephen made it a great job for me last year, and I re- really really like how he's intercepts marking. So I don't. Um, I'm not against people doing it because there's a lot of value there, and a lot of people are looking for value because of the r- lack of cash generation from the rookies. They need to make some of these decisions, like some people made with Grayshaw last week. The flip side to that. Dan Houston will be 420 in two weeks. Yep. Jaden Short and Ridley will be both under 500. Um, So for for me to spend an extra, say, 90k to pick up Ridley, who is pretty well, you know, guaranteed to go like 110, but just the role and how he plays, uh, that I'm willing to spend that little bit of extra cash, or I can just wait an extra week for Houston. Is Ridley going that low? He's Ridley will get under five hundred. Oh. Ridley really has a higher break even than what he did his last week. Oh. His, his break even actually went up last week. Mm. Um, that because I know a few people tell me get him back in at five ninety. Break even at one one ninety, whatever it was. His break even went to two hundred and four. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I can see, I can see, like 20, oh, was it eighty eighty four percent of the comp or something licking their lips, absolutely crazy. Um, I think we need to move on, though, guys, and start looking at um some other options here for those who are at a low uh, price point. So, Shy Bolton, four hundred seventy-nine k. He did go up twenty-six thousand, but he is still a good price point. Break-even now is still quite low. Uh, his break-even is sixty-six, so he's still quite low. Do you recommend anyone bring in Shy Bolton, there, Swizz?
0: No. Yeah, me either. That I don't, I, don't, I, don't uh, I know, uh, but some you, people were like, "Oh a, yeah, Shy Bolton a, did well." Yeah, there's a reason for that. Now, obviously, being a tiger or that, like, I love Shay Bolton. Hope he resigns with us and that absolute gun. But he actually spends quite a lot of time mid up uh, forward. Um, and that score was boosted because he literally won the game for us in that last quarter. Um, keep the clutch goal was everywhere. So he, I, I, off the top of my head, his halftime score was only around about thirty. But I think he scored 90 in the second half, and a lot of that came in the last quarter.
1: Yeah, First so half, we, I was laughing, going, ha ha, sucked in anyone that brought in Bolton. And then next minute, he pulled a Josh Kelly on me. So, he,
2: yeah, kick three goals and had 22. Like, yeah. honest, honestly, like, don't get me wrong. Even even though he did that, like, spent a lot of the game forward, which is completely fine if that's his role. But moving forward, it's, his, his role's not going to get any better. And if that's his best game, it's nowhere near like, like, the the ceiling that other guys can get with a similar um, output or a similar role. I just don't like the fact that he needs to be a match winner for them to have for him to have hundred and twenty and score.
0: and he got lucky because obviously we've come from the clouds to win that game. Um, so more points for his um, impact on the game at the time. But if Tom Lynch had kicked straight, that game's over at halftime and that we would have been, you know, he would have kicked five and then missed another one completely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he just the way the situation, the game panned out, so he had uh, a massive impact on the game, which boosted those, those numbers. Yeah,
1: and You don't have to be nice to Swizz. You don't have to pump his tyres. Uh, easy answer, show Bolton, no shit, can't move I, on.
2: I just also <laughs> think, just, just on that, like, yes, he's breaking even I don't 66. want him leaving then. <laughs> yeah. I want him to sign now, he's got to listen to this podcast and say, "Nah, Swizz fucking told me you didn't want me. Therefore, I'm fucking leaving." this Tigers. Yeah, he's not going to re-sign. He's not going to resign. Uh, just, just quickly on that. So yeah, he's got to he's got to break even sixty six, but he's not. He's going to be four eighty again another time during the season. So like, it's not a must bring in. Like, trust me, he's not going to be out out priced this season.
1: Agreed. Uh, next one, Dane Zorko, four hundred eighty seven thousand, only went up two point four thousand. Still a great price point for those that want to bring him in. Even more so now, the best benefit that you can have is that Zorko is coming into my side this week, which means that he isn't blessed until he's... Hashtag blessed. And he's blessed from now. He is not Josh Kelly. He is going to be actually blessed in my side. Blessed Zorko. Blessed. I am blessing Zorko. Not only did he reply to my message... His middle
2: name now, instead of the magician, it's it's hashtag blessed. Dean, hashtag blessed Zorko. That sounds horrible.
1: Uh, So he... he, (laughs) Replied, he owes me a coffee. We're all good. There's truce there. There's amending. I'm now hashtag blessing him because he is in my side and you know he wants to tackle, kick goals, had a lot of CBAs on the weekend. Loving life.
2: Uh, I wasn't loving his score, but it, it, if that's what he's going to dish up basement. 92 at basement, I'm going to be okay with it. Um, yeah. I, I still think he's a must-have. I was hoping for more, but I can't be greedy because between him and Brayshaw... I didn't go too bad. I mean, other guys had a lot worse weeks. Hey, hey, Ben.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was your um net net uh, net rating? You had a, a you had a ninety one from Steele and a hundred and seven from, uh, from 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 Bonton and, and Brayshaw went one twenty one and, and Zorko went ninety two, didn't they? Yeah, and that's yeah, like three right. three hundred thousand dollars less too. <laughs> Fuck you very much. Oh know Sometimes you just got to take the value when it presents. You know what
1: I'm saying? Um, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Like Josh Kelly, for instance. (laughs) 60% of the
3: time, (laughs) it works every time. Now,
2: I just want to highlight your attention to a couple of guys that that I have been thinking of. Um, I think these two are probably arguably the next ones. Uh, Marshall and uh, I'll, I'll go through him first, but I also want to touch on Isaac Heaney after that. Now, Marshall obviously kicked the two goals. He still had the 86. I want to see him another week. He's got a break even of 97. So even if he goes gangbusters, he's not going to price you out. But next week could be the last week you can pick him up at a good price if he goes gangbusters. So it's watch this space. And if he goes 120 plus, you have to get him. And if he hovers around 100, he buys you another week um but in a big big win only going 86
1: doesn't fill me with that much confidence No, it
2: doesn't but it gives you a baseline of, of what to expect what a baseline
1: of it what about when they lose by 70 points instead of winning by
2: that's what i mean like if he goes sub 100 this week you could, you don't have to get him this week you can still wait on it but if he goes 120 next week you ha- surely you have to get him surely he's the next best
1: my name's not shirley
2: uh, as a guy that averaged a hundred in a team with Ryder as the main ruck last season, in
1: a team that was winning last like season, we've
2: got enough evidence there to say
1: evidence St Kilda not doing well this season. They just season.
2: started winning. They just got Ryder back. Calm oh,
1: down. oh, I'm sorry. Who did they we- who did they beat again? Oh, yeah, they had a great week though.
2: Like they did have a great week. Yeah. <laughs> they had against, a great
1: week against Hawthorn. <laughs> uh,
2: right. Okay. So, okay. What, are you, what are your thoughts on uh, on on Marshall there, Swizz?
0: Yeah, I like him, but not just yet. I, I can see people making the move now, but um, Geelong and Bulldogs coming up in the next couple. Um, he's one of those guys I kind of want to, as much as they have the last buy, I really want to wait that, that long. I don't think he's going to hurt you price-wise and might be that sort of last upgrade target. Uh, yeah,
2: my only thing of that is that he's also the last buy.
0: That's the
2: problem, but it's a, it's actually a benefit to get him now rather than later, and that's why I bring him up because like if he goes big next week, I'd just rather get him now. I know that I'm going to have him for. I actually my my personal forward line, um, I've got Zebul, Impey, Zorko, and who's my fourth forward? Not Tex. Uh, definitely not not Tex. Um, I don't even know right now. Um, it's, it's escaping me, but it's it's someone with a round one and round two buy. So the round twelve, and round thirteen buy. So I don't have any premium forwards in the round fourteen buy. So for me, it makes every sense to bring in a St Kilda forward for that to complement my actual buy structure. Now, if this is going to be the lowest price, is going to be the before the buys. You know, I want to be, I want to get on. But I, what I'm hoping is, you know, it doesn't price me out in the next couple of weeks, and then I can reevaluate my other options because there are other options coming in, like Isaac Heaney. Isaac Heaney. Um, so tell me what your thoughts are, Ben, because I know that you love Isaac Keeney more than most.
1: Oh, look, he's, he's the sun just glistens off his hair. Um, <laughs> it does. 354k looks like there's a beach
2: that follows him everywhere he runs.
1: <laughs> yeah, or he goes into a dam and doesn't get injured. Um, when he goes out onto dry land, all of a sudden he's <laughs> fucked. Uh, 354k, he's already dropped 100,000. He's projected to drop another 34, but his projected to score 61, so that doesn't tell you too much. Um, the issue is, though, he did get injured the last couple of games. He had a fifty-four, I think. He heard he, when he broke his hand and punched someone. So it turns out he's not so tough. And then he injured himself again this
2: week. He got a nineteen. Yeah, he he got no, ankle. He, he played the he played the game out. Yeah, eighty percent time on ground. He had but two <laughs> knocks. Like you got knee in the ribs. Like he got yeah. He had two knocks during the game, and he, he ended up playing a game out, but it was on very low time on ground. And for that reason, obviously. Um. Yeah, didn't have the greatest of scores. Well,
1: eighty percent time on ground, he he got there. Yeah. Well, didn't not, do anything,
2: but he got there again as a four. It's not great. Now the problem is, um, is twofold. First of all, he obviously loves to get loves to copper knock, and second of all, he loves to get injured. But there's a third problem, and that's currently roll.
1: Isaac should like my jokes then. He should like because they're all knock knock. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Swiss.
2: <laughs> so, obviously, with with uh, Reed injured right now, and of course, with uh, with Franklin out, that means he's basically a stay at home forward right now. So, over the next few weeks, we're going to be able to see him hopefully turn that around. Franklin's and... coming back, yeah, well, Franklin's playing, yeah, he's playing, he's in, right? So, we get to see at least one week of Heaney back in this team this week. And We can reevaluate now if Heaney is next week 330,
0: 340k. Can, my argument well, is this well, 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 with me, it's he is uh, well, it's Warner down to Heaney. Uh, which, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a a amazing, a joke, to think right? Warner. War, well, War, Warner actually, yeah, can uh, might have to net you a few K down to Heaney, and then Heaney coming up will have Collingwood at home, three o. And Freo, I believe, have been told to pack pack heavy because there is, they play uh, – Sydney play Freo later in the year and if there's still that COVID issue, uh, you know, around, there's always a chance that that could be moved to the SCG. Even so, Freo aren't the, the strongest opponents. Then they play Carlton and I think they've got Hawthorne before the buyers as well. So uh, there's a possibility there that Heaney could, uh, you know, play one of his big games or even if he's playing forward, kick a few goals and yeah that, that 293 to 100k price tag um, is very juicy
1: yeah I think they had 30 travelling um, told everyone to pack heavy except for Tracy they told him to pack light because he is heavy um, <laughs> yeah so it's going to be interesting it'll be like what Brisbane had to do and you know go away for a couple of weeks
2: so here's my plan lads um, another thing that uh, it works in Heaney's favour is that he has the last buy so again a guy that can take you right through now around about that time of the year, that's when Dangerfield is due to come back and return. Now, I won Danger in my final team, but I arguably don't think he might be ready to get into my team before I need that last premium. So my idea is I will trade in Isaac Heaney as my F6 for now um, after, say, a Marshall. So not next week, but maybe two weeks' time, three weeks' time, depending on when he bottoms out or whatever it might be. If he shows form of turnaround, because there's no point in getting him here if he's just going to average a 40 for the rest of the season. um, And then you can just keep him right up until the time where you get danger in and then move him to F7 and loophole Heaney for the rest of the season. And you really only need him as a half decent scorer for about six weeks of the year. Now, I think that's a pretty good idea. What do you guys think? <laughs> I got, yeah, well, uh,
0: for, me, for me, it's not. I'm I'm really happy with my buy structure. So, the idea of, as you've mentioned before, Marshall, possibly a Tex Walker to Marshall and a Warner to Heaney doesn't change my buy structure because it's the same buy for those guys. Yeah. And I do like the idea. Now, I'm looking at possibly for value loopholing Heaney with another player, which plays for your team, Cruz, um, uh, because I can it. see.
2: see going. <laughs> Don't do it. Just, just save yourself the
0: but- pain. <laughs> But for for the value that um, and the scores that we know Heaney can put up, um, I think there's minimal risk there. Especially these rookies will get tired and they'll be looking at some of these senior bodies to uh, take some of the slack in the second half of the year.
1: Surely you're better off spending six fifty to seven hundred on a premium.
0: Oh, you need
2: eight something, don't you? Because you need a rookie as well, right? Well, <laughs> five and one fifty. Look, I I agree with you because I'm on the. I am actually very into Degoe um this season. I don't know. It could be headspace. It could be it could be a hundred different things. Could be also just Collingwood of crap and um and there's that. But I would there's actually another guy that I want to just highlight here who may well come in this week. Uh, a little guy by the name of Jake Riccardi. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Um. <laughs> He played in the twos this week and had 40 disposals playing at centre-half back and I think uh, close to 20 marks. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, So he's actually priced at 306 k hasn't had a price move in just yet, but if you see him come into that defence, there could be someone to watch out for. Um, So just someone to keep a little eye on. Um, Obviously, they're flagged throughout. Just so the, the preface to this, um, Cameron had came out in the preseason and said, look, we can, o- we love all the boys, but we can only really play the three forwards. And, um, they had four of them. So they've got Riccardi, they've got Hogan, they've got, um, Himmelberg and they've got Finlayson, right? Now one of them's always got to miss. That's what he said at the start of the season. So Riccardi's obviously gone back to try and break into the AFL team as a defender. He's come out this week and had 40 disposals as a defender, that's that's Brian Lake territory. That's you know remember when Brian Lake hit 200 Supercoach?
0: Woo! Um, yeah, we're, we're, remember. And Ricardi, um, so he's break-even sitting at 97 at the moment. So the hope would be he's got an 11 in his score. So two weeks of that, um, dropping some cash, and in that time Nick Haynes will come back. So you're hoping in a perfect world after their round 12 buy and they lead into North Melbourne, Carlton, Hawthorne, and Gold Coast, um, he could be the perfect person at around that 250K to just come into your forward line as a, a perfect F7.
2: Yeah, and and like we've seen with Impey and um, and Zebel dominating from defence, these forwards that are listed as defenders have a lot of scope because, again, they only need to average you 90 to be in that sort of top echelon of forwards. So... Just something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying it's just a must-have or anything like that. But, look, as a nice little F7, I do not mind Jake Riccardi at this point. Also, um, a
1: reminder, whoever won the 2019 competition actually loopholed um, Isaac Heaney in the final round to win because I think Isaac stunk it up.
0: Ah, good on him. That's and, that, and that's where – and I know you're not big on DeGoei, but I'm looking at my forward rookies and everyone's talking about, yeah, you know, I was Brockman – there's a lot of talk that he could be back this week for those who have held him. Um, but, you know, so hopefully he gets sort of that low, to, up to that low 200s. But, um, so there's not a lot of cash development uh, with these guys. So if you can side-trade uh, side a, a Brockman, a row to a Heaney, Riccardi, even a Dugowie, um and using that as an F6, F7, with a loop, one of those as an F8 loophole, um gives you a ability that that you might able to get some good scores from them and some cash generation and this
2: the other thing consideration and look m- m- maybe there are people out there that are really struggling like Grumo for example made of ours struggling with <laughs> trades and sorry to shout you out again Grimo, and just bring your bring your team down but like i'm looking at having a, a, a fairly completed midfield fairly um sorry complete a completed team fairly quickly now, I will have spare trades to try and get that extra person that you can try and loophole. Here's the thing. So would you rather, you know, loophole someone like an Isaac Heaney you've picked up a 300 k or a Ricardi or whatever it might be, or, or two of them. Um, or Degoe. Um say, and it, say his name. Or Degoe. And then and and have the cash to get a Whitfield? Or would you bring in Stephen May at that cheaper price and then upgrade to a higher forward that I mean, is this their higher forward? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're probably better off spending that cash, that little extra cash, instead of going May, to go up to a Whitfield or up to like a, a very top echelon defender like
0: a Ridley or like a... Um, well, uh, well uh, it's, it's a couple of the reasons. So I've had two 500 finishes in the last three years, and but have burnt... Sort of my trades going into those last three or four rounds and things that have got me by where other people have been in a situation where they've burnt, well, tra- they've got no trades left and somebody's pulled out either in the midfield or the forward line or someone has thunk it up as in the Heaney story with the person who won. Um, you know, I've had that F7 who has that flexibility between the forward and mids who, when I've had that one week injury, they able to cover them. Um, so, yeah, if you can get that extra value, why it's there, especially in the forward line, whether, you know, high expensive forwards are only averaging 95 anyway, and these guys on their day can go, you know, 90 to 120. Um, I would rather spend the money on a premium defender like Whitfield, Ridley, Stewart, um, where I know that they're going 110 and and just stream the forwards.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you. The forwards are just, uh, in terms of their up and down, yeah, not great. <laughs> the
1: high highs and the low lows. Um,
2: Dusty and Cybottom, obviously, you got to keep an eye on those guys coming up forward. I think if you don't have Dusty, I don't think there's many that do. But let's just no. let's just say if you don't have him, you probably need to get him in the next few weeks. Yeah, the ones we're looking at... at. Yeah, you, you don't
0: have him. I I I I must sound like the worst Richmond supporter out there. No, <laughs> bolton. No, I don't have Dusty. Well, you know you
2: have to get him in the next two weeks, right? Just so I know. do yep, same that's why I've got
0: That's why I have 460k sitting
2: around. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Because it's
1: going to cost you less than that to get him. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think once to watch him, we'll put, we'll cover this on the next podcast, but start to think about freeing up cash and starting to look at, you know, if if it means not getting made this week, it's like, well, if you don't have Ridley, then Ridley will be under 500 next week. So save the money, go down. Get um, a Frederick, etc. Go up later to Ridley. I think that's an easy
2: well, one. A lot of people don't have Ridley, right? And and I think no, we would all people- be in agreement in saying that Ridley is a must-have at some point, right? Oh, must I have. I
0: believe nearly, I believe nearly everybody. A lot of people jumped on. I- I so saw his percentage was, oh, no, it's only 23% still. So there's still quite a few people who don't have him. So he's 540 at the moment. Even they've um, Supercoach got him projected going 105, 104 the next two weeks. But even next week, if he went 105 against the Giants, he would drop another 45K. So hopefully it's another low score like the 87 against the Blues, and that'll see him coming down to at least – a 490. What was his...
2: Um, they're playing GWS, time on ground? Like, Can we check up his time on ground? I felt like Ridley didn't play as much time on ground last week. Now, that obviously could be concussion-related. Um, I'd like to actually have a look at those stats if you could bring Yeah, them up. I've got
0: that. Um, so I'm just
2: the moment. You're what, right. No, what, worries. Was his, what was his time on ground there, Swizzy? Well,
1: I think the interesting thing is GWS as well, Fremantle, North are the next yeah, three. You like, need to get Ridley. This is what I'm saying. Like, you I, need... I actually
2: think there's a reason for his lower score. I, I just think it was more time on ground-related. Which then obviously impacts his kickouts because if he's not on the ground, like it's like short, like uh, short takes freaking breaks at the seven-minute mark of every single quarter, and it's freaking annoying because obviously. So would, would you like to guess his time on ground, Chris? Uh, I would say eighty-three percent, and he was the only player to have a hundred percent. You're kidding? No, really? Well, that's a really good sign then. Okay, well, there goes that out the out the window. <laughs>
1: Jeez, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Uh, go Ridley. So I think GWS Fremantle North. I think you wait one week, wait for them to play GWS. You jump on the Fremantle and North train.
2: That's interesting because he didn't have as many kickouts as he normally would. No, well maybe they, no, didn't, maybe they, they didn't miss a
0: have, have that, but yeah, I don't. What did the Blues end up kicking behind wise? Um, but also, I think what affected them it was such a high-scoring game. There was a lot more goals chewing up a lot of those Super Coach points last week. Yeah, that's um, true. yeah, not not very real but not very often do you see a game of 107 versus 123, and the Blues kicked 19-9, so there weren't that many kickouts for the game. So a 35 goal game, um, yeah, that's going to affect um, the other score scoring. So two, so two
1: to one so goal. Let's just ratio. put it
0: as something to
2: keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yep. So if you don't have Ridley, I'd be looking at next week, or depending how he scores this week, the week after. Uh, I think that's definitely interesting. One when we're looking at. The break evens as well. Uh, Steel is the next one. One hundred and sixty six break even. He dropped a substantial thirty six thousand. Why did
2: I pay overs for this muppet? <laughs> <laughs> um, I
1: don't
2: think you had. You look. You had the right idea. Yeah. Didn't, like they did dominate the game. Yeah, like it's but just
1: once again, you know, my fault. Uh, Jack still versus Hawthorne. I thought he would just dominate. Absolutely rack up the pill. Turns out you can't tackle the opposition when they don't have the ball. And he just let everyone else do it. I think oh, it's not a bad thing as far as maybe he's fresh now for this week, he just let everyone else do the running I don't think and that's the how downhill it works, downhill hey. skiing. Hey. I think he
2: still ran fourteen K's on the same. Like.
1: Look, I'm thinking positively here now, okay, <laughs> because I <laughs> essentially Josh kill Keel- Josh Keely, kill me. Uh, Josh Kelly went to Steele for me and I lost points. <laughs> well what do you think
2: that Steele's gonna average for the season?
1: I think he still averages one fifteen to one twenty for the rest of the year.
2: Okay, I, cool. I I don't have. I'm not that optimistic on him. To be fair, well, I think he's still got uh, the ceiling well, for one fifties. I think, think one fifteen. I think that's his. I think it's his upper. I I, I put him more as a one ten to one fifteen player, but I I still think he's a great player. Like that, that's put him in in the top six, right? Like for sure. Um, I mean, oh, the, yeah. the good news is this year really. Uh, like if you look at the midfield averages of all the um all the guys, um. Outside of McRae, and Walsh is, I think, second right now in the, in, in terms of midfield average. I think he's one twenty. Um, really, that's that's about it. I mean, everyone else is around that sort of one fifteen, and, and between one ten and one fifteen. So there's a, a like a a whole bunch of guys in that one ten to one fifteen category. Oh, sorry, I lie. Cameron Guthrie. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, just does that having s- one look at that crook <laughs> looking bastard. <first. laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that was a, that was a set-up there. Uh, yeah, Cam Guthrie obviously going fantastically. Um, do we think that Cam Guthrie holds that, though? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't see him holding that. No, season. well, once
1: Dangerfield comes back in, then happy days. Yeah. And I said this off the podcast, I'll say it again. I am going to invoice Dangerfield, my lost bet for Guthrie.
2: You know who I think averages 115 from here to the end of the season? Josh Kelly, fuck you. You. <laughs> I actually really like Josh Kelly as an in. He's basically bottomed out. He's had a role change. Um, so he's, he's moved back up to the wing. He was playing on a half forward flank and in a forward pocket for most of the season. The second Whitfield comes in, he has a role change.
1: When a problem comes along, you
2: must
0: it. <laughs> Dip it. Oh, and on that curse about Josh Kelly, because I'm seriously with the one up, one down, it's between Kelly and um, Tom Mitchell for me right now, and Kelly's last, he plays Essendon this week, but then the week, two weeks after that, it's Richmond and West Coast. And his last game against Richmond, he scored one ninety five, and last game against West Coast was a one thirty nine. So he has great history <laughs> against those sides. Can and you tell us a little up, bit more about how awesome
2: Josh Kelly is? Because
0: I'm sitting next to a guy yeah. bye, Straight after his bye, he has North Melbourne and his favourite team in Carlton. Oh, so, wow. So, he's a guy that you could probably get in now, really.
2: You know oh, what? I think, Fuck it.
0: I'm
1: bringing him back in next week. <laughs>
2: We're in. Wait, well, you could bring him in for Ryan. <laughs> I'm just loving it. Wearing is like a rocking chair. It
0: gives you something to do, but it doesn't
2: get you anywhere. Right Sorry, mate. Hey,
1: <laughs> hey, look! Hey, look! I'm happy to be your emotional punching bag. <laughs> well,
0: for, for every for everyone out there, I believe Ben's looking on
2: Mitchell, so just stay off him and yeah, get on Josh Kelly. I, I would 100 if I could. <laughs> I, actually, I probably could sideways Mitchell to Josh Kelly at this point. Uh, look, I do actually like. I mean, look, if you're looking for a bottomed out premium, um, you've got two. You've got a risk. You've got two risks when you when you're looking at Josh Kelly. You've got his injury risk because he hasn't had injured this year. And then you've got the risk of, of Cameron actually completely screwing his role at any point in time. Or you're obviously looking at the Whitfield risk. Which is Lucky Whitfield has the risk.
1: Whitfield five sixty one k break even already nice and high. His break even is one forty seven. So happy days there. Wait for him to drop a, after a couple of rounds and live large.
2: Yeah, the great thing about his score, I mean, if you looked at his DT to SC was just insane. Like oh, I think huge. he had one hundred and ten DT and and only eighty six SC. So obviously didn't use the ball that well, which is very unlike Whitfield. But it's very normal for a player coming back to not exactly have the best uh, return game Um, so I'm looking towards him probably going 110 115 next week and then um, then we'll look at his break even and see when you need to get him in Um, so I don't think he's necessarily a must-have next week but I think he's one that if he goes 140 you kind of got to get him right like if he goes 140 next week it's like okay well his his money's not changing you got to get him yeah, yeah, I think we've still got a
1: little bit of time. I still even next week with a low score in his first one, I don't think it'll be crazy after that. I think wait for it to stabilize.
2: Well we just we're just guessing at this point, but yeah, we we know are. that he can go 140.
1: Yeah. And Whitfield is definitely someone you should be bringing in. Uh keep an eye on him in the next couple of weeks. We'll obviously cover that in the next uh podcast or so as we track him. Next one we're tracking as well is Dan Houston. Uh Dan the man Houston is four hundred and sixty one K. So he's already dropped thirty nine thousand. We spoke last week's podcast. He was actually, if you take out his injured game, I think the second highest averaging. After he pumped up his tyres, you can blame Chris for that one. He Thanks scored a 54. Uh, so that's an interesting one What happened one last there.
2: week, man? Because I didn't watch that game because I, you know, I had better things to do like drink.
1: Uh, I think he was in the <laughs> midfield. Actually had a shot on goal and stuff like that. So he had a, a little bit of a different... Um, I'm not sure. I think they got sort of smashed, Chris, is what happened. Uh, LA, <laughs> yeah, well, outside of um, that. They got smashed and, you know, he still took some kickouts, but he, he had some, he had a shot on goal, so he was a bit all over the place, to be honest. Um, he is someone I am considering. 461K, he's projected to drop a
2: little bit. Here's the question. Is he averaging more than May for the rest of the season? Um, yes, for me. Swiss?
0: Uh,
2: yes. So then is it worth holding off? And potentially double downgrading this week and then reevaluating next week. Absolutely. That is my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Um, and I was literally going to say the exact same thing, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that if you do not have Houston, like I have Houston, so it's not an issue for uh, for me, but a lot of people don't. I would rather wait a single week. Are they pro- Their prices probably equalize next week. So regardless of what happens and what, a- what each people score, You'll be able to wait a week on May and you can wait a week on Houston and they will probably both be, what, around 4.30, 4.35? 4, Correct. And um, then you can make a decision based on that. You've got one more week sample size. Um, so I think that's important to note.
1: Uh, next one, short, 480K. Uh, if you don't have him, I suggest you probably hold off. Uh, 97.7 average. I think the last three rounds since Hulu's come back in, I think it's a 74, 61, 116. Yes, nah. he did well this week.
2: Okay, so there's two things I'll say about this. First of all... Don't get him? Um, no, uh, I, I actually think he's still a really good option because oh, fuck, he loves a junk time ball, doesn't he? Um, so, th- he so he would have scored 16 to 20 points in junk time at the end of the third quarter. Um, it was last minute and a half of the game. They just wanted to ice the game before um, th- three-quarter time so that they could regroup and then st- you know, attack the fourth quarter. And he would have got easy. I, I think he took three marks and had four possessions in that last thirty like minute, 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 minute and a half. So, um, it's it's might it might be an issue, but he's still he's still the one they look to. He's still the one that they try and get the ball in the hands of. He's still the one that's trying to get there for the cheap possession. Um, yes, I mean, who scored one forty in the same game? I, I believe. Um, if I'm not mista- mistaken, yeah, he went
1: he went big. Yeah.
2: So, um, uh, do I think that he's impacting him? Maybe the the last two games, if we look at them, that first game was against uh was a whitewash where they absolutely destroyed the Saints and the ball never even left past halfway. Um, and the next one was against the Dogs. Is that right? Um, or was this week possibly. The Dogs? Now both of them, the, they weren't really indicative of what you can expect moving forward. I still don't hate him, but the thing is, right now he's not in value, so he'd need to be around that four fifty k mark to really. You know, want want him to get you in, but Swiz, you've obviously got a, a a better knowledge of it. Uh, what do you think about short at the moment?
0: Yeah, well, he still had twenty four kicks on the weekend and that, and he, he took nine marks and that. Fantastic role. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a weird one to say this, but Hull League during Ramadan, he's just like he's the best player in the league for these three four weeks every year. It's the same thing. Now, if I go hungry for more than three hours, you think he's up in the wall? So I don't know how the great man does it, but so it, it always seems to be the case. Three or four weeks, Holly just goes ham, um, and then things normalise again when he starts eating during the day. So I don't know um, why he even <laughs> eats then, just to just eat. <laughs> I don't, don't eat. but it, it seems always be the case. But Short's still scoring steady enough, and he's still got the right role. And it always seems that that Holly will probably get injured after this, or so he drops off or and that, and then Short. Picks up, so you might have to pick up short a little bit cheaper. And if it is that sort of four fifty mark, then it might be worth jumping on at that okay at that time. Yeah, yeah. I, think,
2: I think that's fair. And uh, I think if I was to say, would I rather short or May going into a head head matchup? That's a question, because on any given week, I, 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 the problem is shorts now showing the propensity to to drop a a sixty or a seventy. You know, like, and I don't really want that, but May can also do the same. I don't know who's, 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 that's a, that's a, yeah, I think who has got, well, May's proven to have the highest ceiling so far this season.
1: Yeah. I think out of all of those Whitfield, we know his base is about 80 flat. Yeah. Um, I think that is definitely a question. And again, I think with the amount of defenders killing it, you kind of choose your poison and find what suits you, particularly again, opening strategies, looking at your buy structure. Last one I think we'll touch on is Jack Bowes, 479K. He's someone you could actually pick up now if you were interested. Averaging 105.3, still only a 9% of sides, break even at 84, projected to be going up again. So, well, flat flat flatlining. projected score of 84. I don't know how that works. So he did actually have a little um, drop off after he killed the first month of football, had a 73, 92, 110. Only had one score under 92. Now, I think that is actually fantastic. He's got 400s in there. Four out of 700s. He's got a big ceiling of a 146. He's had, what, two scores over 110. One score under 92. I think he is definitely a good option for the Gold Coast.
2: I, I completely agree. I mean, one thing I'll say about Jack Bowes is that he's proven to me that he's definitely going to be a top 6 to 10 defender like quite easily. Um, what I will say about bringing in pods is that don't bring in pods for pods' sake. Like Everyone loves a pod because people like to be like, oh, I've got this unique guy that's going really well and blah, blah, blah at the end of the day, if you can play 480k for a a player A and 480k for player B, but player A is not a pod and player B is not a pod, is is a pod, then it doesn't matter if they're averaging the same. What's more risky is not is going the opposite direction at that point. It's actually way more risky to have a pod than to not have a pod. So you have got to take that risk. If the risk comes with a lower price point or a higher average, or there's something you've seen that you know no one else has seen, then sure. But just don't get a pod just because they're a pod.
0: My I worry about Bose, that I and mean, he's been playing really well. But the well, West Coast game, round one, round one, a lot of teams still figuring stuff out where he went to 146. But he's next, apart from the 73 against the Dogs, he's played North, Adelaide, Carlton, Sydney, Collingwood. Now, apart from the Swans, all those other teams are struggling. Uh,
3: yeah. Now,
0: coming up, Coming up, it's St Kilda, the Lions, Geelong, Port Adelaide. So yeah, they might see more ball down there. But that one game where he's had against good opposition, he scored a seventy-three.
1: Yeah, so they're playing some more difficult opponents coming up. Can, you can he look at that both ways? I can guess. he handle the pressure, or
2: will he bows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can look at that both ways because obviously the bows ways, bows bows ways. Yeah. Um. So, the, <laughs> well done. Um, the obviously the other the other thing to that is that the ball will be down there more so if they're getting more heavily scored against then there's more opportunity for behinds etc or intercept marks um and we really don't have enough exposed form on that other than the one game sample size so it's a sort of a it is a and this is this is again this is another reason why pods are not great because if he doesn't go well Josh Kelly Josh, yeah. Well, he was 7% owned and dropping. If he doesn't go well, then you're the only one who who, got in when he didn't go well. (laughs) Whereas if you go to a popular defender that is averaging the same, then at least you're going with the crowd mitigating your risk. So if that person goes bad, well, 70% of the comp did bad. Like last week, for example, I bring in Dusty, 70% of the comp has Dusty. So he goes 39 and whatever, I don't care because 70% of the comp have him.
0: There's no... Uh, that, and that's the problem right now. Like, uh, just a slightly off topic, but but on that, is I've had a couple of people ask me about West Coast players because West Coast usually uh up around that top four, or at least top six mark, and have a really soft draw coming up: Hawthorne, Adelaide twice, Giants, Essendon, Carlton, Sydney, North Melbourne, Collingwood. Like, there's some really soft games there. So this is the sort of time where Gaff, um even Tim Kelly showed on the weekend, Jack Darling's flying um, as a forward option. But those guys are all under 3%. Um, so they sound like, if it pays off, yeah, fantastic. But all I'm going to do is get Kelly or Tom, Tom Mitchell at the same price as a Kelly or a Gaff. Yeah. And I find like there's less risk in that because the moment you – you if if Tom Mitchell has a bad week, well, that's another 30% that have, had, have with me on that one. But if you've got Gaff or one of those guys, as you, as you said before, in like a Bose – and they have a bad week while you're all
2: by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And look, obviously, all the, the, by myself. <laughs> I mean, the mids at the mids at uh, West Coast are all having a run. Freaking Jack Redden's had a three-game average of 106. Like, don't wanna be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and obviously, the reason is they're just in this um, situation where their their whole side's been battered with injury and. Um, half their midfields out, so they're you know, having an experience. I think Dom Sheed even had a, a good game last week. Is his second one all year? Um, all, all last five years. Sorry, I should say <laughs> <laughs> you missed that opportunity. Uh, the other <laughs> thing to note with
1: West Coast as well is I think Elliot Yo is tipped to come back after the buys. I think as well, Shui. Who knows? Um, but yeah, definitely some things to consider. That I think that kind of wraps us up, boys. It's a, it's quite a long podcast going through strategies and obviously people to note. Next week we'll get together again and look at those who have started to bottom it's upgrade
0: out. Upgrade season. It is upgrade season. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for. You know what I'm for. gonna say? You know what I'm gonna say, Ben? Who's your vice captain and captain's choice? Ah. Hey.
2: see yeah, if it wasn't Swiz, this well, whole podcast will be ruined now. I'll tell you what,
1: if you guys would be straight as an arrow and a bit more direct, then it wouldn't be an hour and a half in and me trying to wrap up the bloody segment. <laughs> um I'll
2: leave I'll leave with my with I already know off the top of my head. So my vice <coughs> captain this week is gonna be Jack Zebel. Um, there's, a, there's a few reasons for that, a little bit of an iffy selection if you ask a lot of people, but I actually think he's arguably the best vice-captain option, and I will be going into Gorn. Now, the reason for me, vice-captain Jack Zebel, Collingwood concede the most marks in their forward line, um, or uh, uh, uncontested marks, I should say, uh, in the entire league, and they have for the last however many weeks, and that is a huge problem for everyone, except if your name's Jack Zebel. Um, he's absolutely going to clean them up. They cannot kick goals to save their life. The one thing I will say is that hopefully they get enough score on the board or get enough behinds on the board, I should say, the Japanese can have you know, 10, 12 kickouts and also do that as well. That'd be nice.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely an interesting one. I don't think you're going to be alone on that sort of sideways thinking. Um, I'm considering VCing Gorn and then rolling the dice if he fails. I don't think he will. I think he shared... A bit more rock time with Jackson in the week just gone. I think he had 60% rock time shared with Jackson's 40%. I think that was because of the dogs. Uh, sorry, the uh, North Melbourne, so it was a little bit an easier game. So I think Max will be fresh coming up against the top eight side and Hickey. I think Max will be uh, in fine form
2: this week. One thing that scares me, and this is a why- comment that I will be saying, um, it was based on a interview that he had, is that Max did actually acknowledge that the introduction to Ben Brown to the side meant that he was going to be playing more time on the bench per game, which is an interesting thing for him to say and it kind of scares me off him a little bit. Just saying.
1: Even better reason for a VC.
2: <laughs> that's true.
1: But, you know, if, if Zeeble goes, what, 130, you have to take it, right? And you're sweating. I'm okay with that. Yeah.
2: I think that's. Uh, I think 130 this week is going to be fantastic. Um, I'm just worried about the obviously the tags from Carlton for the dogs on the, on the on the Sunday. um and I, I just noticed that the North players were very, very good at sharking Gorn's taps last week, which obviously could and adversely affect Grundy's score. So that is the reason why I'm moving towards a Zeeble VC and a captain on Gorn.
1: Fair. I'm thinking either I might actually follow you Zeeble into Gorn or I might even go steal into Gorn. Uh, against Gold Coast, I think you know his mat, his body type, and everything should match up really well against Gold Coast. So he could go one nice little one fifty. Uh, otherwise, I'll probably just VC go on and roll the dice if he fails.
2: Nice. Uh, what are you going with a Swizz?
0: I have the VC also on Zebul.
2: Yeah, my boy, you're my boy, Blue Man. You're my boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All the all the points you said. The the only other sneaky one I was considering was Tom Stewart versus Richmond. Uh, well, we've leaked a yeah. lot of points to, to You guys defense. love leaking points to defenders. And this is a, a, a,
2: a, this is probably a good point, even though I know it's very late in the podcast. One person we didn't bring up as a possible trade-in option was Caleb Daniel. Um, And part of the reason why that is, Richmond have leaked points all year to defenders. It was always going to happen that this was going to happen. And with Bailey Williams still out, there is literally no chance I would be getting on Caleb Daniel. So just please keep that in mind, Watch him for another couple of weeks. He's not a must-trade in. Just leave that for now,
1: please. So no one's vc or seeing. It's a Grundy! <laughs>
0: it's Grundy!
2: I'm off the Grundy this week. This, just this week only. Yep, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, and
0: it'll be Captain McRae for me against Ooh. the Oh,
2: CM, Captain McRae, yeah. I think VC going into McRae is not a bad idea either. Uh, look, I don't think McRae's the terrible option because I think Bond is the one that gets the tag. But I just would rather not risk it. And look Kurnow hasn't actually the, been Kurnow hasn't Kurnow even hasn't been the best been locked, lockdown tag anyway Like let's be honest no, Kurnow really hasn't been
1: Except for Brayshaw He locked down pretty well But right. apart from that um, Merritt did quite well uh, Boak still Yeah you know, Merritt and Boke have still gone low hundreds Even with some Kurnow attention So I don't think it's the well, worst well, thing in the world
0: Well for me It's uh, the Bulldogs on the rebound He's gone 138 and 150 In two of his last three games against the Blues uh, So he's Yeah uh, It's the Who's going to put any work in? As you said, it's going to be Bond. I can see McRae uh, rebounding
2: this week and having a big one. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind McRae. I really don't. Yeah, me either.
1: Uh, that wraps us up, everyone. Thank you very much. Do like us on the socials. Follow Swizz also on the Twitter. And um, please don't fuel his hate for those trolls out there. He, he's a very sensitive man. <laughs> Watch and out if you're an Essence supporter. <laughs> look, that wraps us up. If you haven't seen um, Chris or my team analysis on how our team is shaping up for this week, please do go to YouTube and. Follow, like that one as well. Obviously, you can just search for a Supercoach Insider on the YouTube and you can look at our teams and how we're tracking. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, Swizz, thank you for joining us. Any last comments? Are you good?
0: No, no, I'm good, boys. You have a great week and all the best for everybody in the Supercoach
2: world this week. Excellent, mate. Thanks very much and we love you, mate.
1: Sounds good. Happy for you to get a Richmond support, uh, Richmond player in your team in a couple of weeks. There, Swizz.
0: Yeah, it would be nice to actually go to a game and cheer somebody. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, All right. Thank you very much, everyone. And until
2: next time, we'll see you later. We will see you later. And we'll see you with a zero from Ryan this week as well.
1: (laughs) And a zero from Josh Kelly in in, in my side. Yeah. And until next time. Bye. Bye.
2: i